Hi everyone, Jeff here with Mastery Medics. Thank you for checking us out. All the videos that you see here on our page are actually from live classes that we hosted on our Facebook community. So if you wanna see these classes live, make sure you check out the link either above or below in the description to join that group so you can see them all uh, live. So without further ado, here is your lesson, enjoy. So guys, this is the ECG case study this week. All right, so as you guys can see, we go in a step-by-step -step fashion as we always have in the past, and we'll kind of quickly go through that step-by-step -step fashion so you guys kind of see what we're talking about. So the first thing we're gonna do is we wanna see our general impression of everything, okay? So do we see any weird, funky beats? Do we see anything going way too fast, anything way too slow, that sort of thing. So that's kind of what we're looking at here. Um, so I don't see anything kind of crazy out there. Um, you know, I see a really good baseline actually out of anything. I don't see any weird funky beats. Uh, kind of the only two things I do see are here and here. Um, you know, we see kind of some extra P waves that we're noticing in some areas like this, um, but nothing kind of too crazy, right? So we can do a quick uh, determination on the rate. So if we recall from here to here is a 10 second strip. So we can count these out by one, two, three, uh, four, five, six, uh, about seven there, eight, nine. So we have nine QRS complexes. And because we are uh, doing a 10 second strip, we're gonna multiply that by six, right? So we get a nice heart rate of 54, give or take. And if you actually look at the top here, we have 52 written down. So we are pretty darn close. So we have a heart rate of 54. So why don't we go ahead and kind of write that up here, heart rate of 54. So we are definitely slow. So we are a bradycardia of some sort, but we're gonna find out exactly what type of bradycardia we are, okay? So let's go ahead and erase all that. And the next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna determine our rhythm, okay? So we wanna have an idea of what rhythm that we're kind of dealing with here. And luckily enough, I had included a rhythm down below. Now it's not a full six second strip, but it gives you an idea of kind of where we're looking and what we're looking at. So let's look at the P waves first, okay? Are there P waves? P wave there, there is a P wave here, 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 P wave there, P wave there, P wave there, P wave there, P wave there. So if you look at these P waves, they're not really consistent right? They're, they're pretty kind of all over the place. Um, they don't really have kind of a perpetual kind of significance to them. They're not really consistent, right? So that's definitely a, uh, an indicator of what we might be dealing with. So one of the things, and because we are um, not really consistent with that, we look at the QRS and because we, we can't really determine a true PRI because we have a PRI here of 0 0.20 here. We have a PRI here of whoa, God, this one's about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So 18, 0.32 on that one. Uh, this one, again, inconsistent. This one, inconsistent. This one, inconsistent. This one, inconsistent. This one has a couple extras, right? So we can't really determine out a PRI, right? So we can't get our PRI on that one. What we can do is we can look at the QRS complexes. So let's look at one, two, three, Four. Okay, so let's look at those. And again, let's go with a different color here so you guys can kind of see. So we have a, oh, that's a really crappy color. 
let's go with purple. Purple's all like fuchsia. There we go. Okay, so we have QRS to QRS there. QRS to QRS here. QRS to QRS here. And same thing here, right? So again, we have no regularity, right? So it's irregular. Let's look at the width of the QRS. Well, QRS does look like it's less than 0 0.8 or 0 0.01 or 0.12, sorry. And in fact, actually, if we go one, two, so we are 0 0.08, so QRS is normal. Let me look at that. So the normal QRS, but an irregular rhythm, uh, irregular P wave, no PRI that you can kind of discern, that sort of thing. But there are P waves and they are bright, they are uniform and they are pretty much the same everywhere you go, right? Same with QRS, upright, uniform, and the same in the same complex that you're looking at. Then look at the, look at the T wave, okay? So this kind of down sloping upwards here is our T wave. This is our T wave here, this is our T wave here. There is a T wave after every complex, okay? And we have P wave there, it's kind of weird. T wave, T wave, T wave. Okay, so there are T waves. They are the same in every single one. They are not upright. They are not uniform. Okay, so that might lead us to believe that something else is going on as well. Okay, so how do we determine this rhythm? So what type of rhythm are we dealing with here? Well, a lot of people might think that this might be a third degree block. And I don't think you're quite wrong in that aspect of thinking that. Um, some people might say it's a type one, second degree type one or a second degree type two block. And again, I don't think you're quite wrong on that, but we need to make a determination, okay? And so what we can actually look at here is we can look at the P waves to the QRSs. And there's a couple of rules that I'm gonna show you that are quick and dirty and kind of get to the point that we're gonna be talking about. And this is really why I wanted to do this ECG today, okay? So let's look at this P wave here. Let me see if we can actually zoom in here a little bit. Uh, uh, I don't think I can. No, can't really zoom in. Okay, so let's look at this P wave here. This P wave, upright uniform, a little bit pointed, but it's there. Same thing with this one. Okay, there's a weird P wave here, one here, one here. The fact that they're not consistent, okay, that kind of actually rules out the third degree block because your P wave should be firing at the same rate each time. So let's say, and I'm just using this number as an arbitrary number, but let's say the, the atria, the, the SA node is firing at a rate of 80. Okay, we'll just take that as easy. So we should see at the very minimum 80 P waves, or sorry, at a rate of 80 on here, okay? And they should be consistent and they should be the same regardless of the QRS, okay? There should be no correlation between the QRS. So the fact that we see no correlation and there's no regularity of that, it rules out the fact that this is a third degree block. Okay, so where I'd actually go with this is when there is a P wave and a PRI, and we do see that consistency, it's not really walking back, okay? Because it doesn't really drop. So there is an inconsistency here, and you don't really see it start here. So we have one here, and we have an extra P wave, kind of weird thing here. It is kind of prolonging here, okay? And then we have a P, random P wave here, and then we have a P wave, no QRS right here. And then we have a P wave here. That P wave or that PRI is the same as this one, right? So this PRI being the same as this one, both approximately 0 0.20. Again, 0 0.20 on that one. Let's look at this P wave here. 
Yeah, and there are one, two, three, four. So zero point one six on that one. Okay, same. This one not really the same. Uh, this one zero point two zero on that one. Okay, so we have almost an irregularity, but when the PRI is there, they're relatively consistent. Okay. So. The one thing that I would actually say with this is we actually have, um, you know, it does get longer a little bit as you go back and then you get a drop and it gets longer as you go back. So there's, there's two kind of conflicting things here. There is a type one that we do see and there is a type two because it seems to have the similar rules, right? So what is actually happening here is this patient, what I would actually determine this is, the patient is going in and out of both a type 1 and a type 2. They're varying between those two, okay? Because if we actually look up here, look at this P wave here. Look at this P wave, okay? We're just looking at this complexes or these complexes here. So this PRI is the same as this PRI when there is a QRS complex involved with it. And then we have a random Q wave or P wave here. It's not getting longer. They're not really different, okay? So we actually look at that in the 12 lead, and this is from the same patient. So this is a type two. This is a type two, but then we have a type one kind of settled in here, okay? So she's in and out of a type one, type two, okay? So that is our rhythm. So we have a type one and type two, second degree block. Okay, so the next thing we're gonna look at is we're gonna look at our T waves, our ST segments, and we're gonna rule out kind of like those STEMI mimics, anything like that. So let's look at our inferior leads first. I'm just gonna erase all this stuff down here, just get it out of the way, so it doesn't look like it's too crazy. All right, there we go, Oop. there we go. Okay, so let's look at our inferior leads, right? So our inferior leads over here, two, three, AVF being our inferior leads. Okay, so we do see no real, we do have a little bit of depression right here. And we have kind of an inverted T wave that comes back up the baseline. Same thing here, we don't have really depression, but we have a flattened T wave. And here again, a flattened T wave, okay? So you could have some signs of ischemia there. Now let's look at our V1 through V4. So this is our septal and anterior leads. Okay, so we do have a normal T wave here. Okay, we see it in the complexes that are there. Okay, nah, a little bit depression here, but not really consistent, right? Now this is all over the place, but let's pick, pick one good complex that we can kind of see. So given the baseline is kind of going like this, it's really hard to tell, okay? So we're actually just gonna go ahead and kind of knock that out of the park. But we can look over at this one and we have a little bit of depression there, but not much with kind of the up slipping T wave and downwards. Okay, so again, our lateral leads here, we have some depression with a upward slope or downward sloping T wave. And again, same with thing here, we have a dynamically inverted T wave in this. Let's look at our uh, high lateral leads, same thing here, and same thing here, okay? So we could say this patient has ischemia or global ischemia. We could also say that there might be something else going on, okay? So we do see ST depression with inversion of the T wave. Now, because it is pretty much global, we can actually say global, okay? With literally the exception of 
V1. It's about the only exception on here that we see, okay? So we can actually say that as a global changes. Now, let's think about possible STEMI imposters. Let's think about um, some chamber enlargements, that sort of thing. So one of the things that we look at, we can look at the, um, let's look for chamber, uh, left ventricular hypertrophy. So we don't really meet the criteria. We don't have a deep S wave in V1 or V2. We don't have a really tall R wave in V4 and V5. Um, and we don't kind of see that reciprocal change in V6. So we don't have left ventricular hypertrophy. So we don't have that STEMI mimic. We don't have a bundle branch block because the QRS is within normal limits. Okay. So really what we're seeing here is we're seeing exactly that. So we don't see anything that's mimicking this out. Now, one thing you could say is possibly maybe pericarditis. Um, but again, we have depression, not elevation globally. Okay. Um, could that mean that there's global ischemia? Sure. Could mean that there's a lot of different things going on. Um, one of the things that kind of comes to mind with kind of the pattern that I'm seeing here is more medication. Okay, so what kind of medication, I'll give you guys a few minutes to think on this while we go through this, what kind of medication do you think that uh, would actually cause the rhythm that we're seeing here and what's going on? Okay, I'll let you guys think on that and I'll kind of continue and we'll come back. All right. So that's kind of what we see here. So let's actually diagnose this 12 lead and we'll go from there. So we have a second degree type one, second degree type two atrial ventricular block with global ST depression throughout, okay? We have, we'll look at our axis, so V1 and AVF are going opposite direction, so right together, left apart, with left <coughs> axis deviation. Let's look at our R wave progression. We have a normal R wave progression. It does flip at V4, but it is late, so we actually don't have normal R wave progression. We actually have a late R wave progression. Okay. So what can cause those things? Well, one is they could have an MI. Obviously, it could be previous MI. We don't see any real Q waves in here. So, I mean, there's no Q wave infarction of an MI. The reason why I'm not saying that is because you actually see a bit of an R wave here, okay? R, S on that one. Don't see any other Q waves or pathological Q waves that we can find, okay? So, you know, I don't think that's an old MI. Um, another thing that can cause this, obviously, is ischemia. I uh, could have a cardiomyopathy that can cause arrhythmias that you might see on here, um, congestive heart failure, and medications. Now, I asked you guys, what specific medications might you see when it comes to this? Okay, so give me a second here, guys, and I'll actually pop back on and see what you guys are saying. Flatter T waves. All right, Adam, we got Dijoxin. Okay, anyone else? So Adam takes home the winner. Highly likely, this is Dijoxin, or some of you might know it as 
digitalis. Okay. Now, are she, is she overdosed on this? Who knows? Okay. Um, you know, again, we're not going based on uh, any kind of patient information here. Uh, I will say that the patient was on digitalis, okay, or digoxin. So, highly likely she might have taken too many and it put her in this arrhythmia. And the reason why I'm thinking more medication induced than anything else is because we have this variability in the second degree type one and type two blocks. If this was pathological, you typically don't see the variability in this, unless you have a kind of a cardiomyopathy, which I don't think this patient did. Um, but really, most often medication induced, especially digoxin, will cause this variability between second degree type one, type two, a third degree block, a first degree, you know, and it'll just kind of go all over the place with that because of the, the channel blockers that it actually occurs on, okay? so. That's essentially why we see this variability here, okay? And that's where I would lead more to a digitalis toxicity than anything else. So that brings us to the end of our ECG. So I'd like to thank you guys very much for joining us today. Hopefully you guys learned a lot and have a fantastic week. Take care, bye. Hi again, thank you so much for watching our class. If you love what we do here, and don't forget to give this class a thumbs up and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of our new classes. See you next time.